I'm not being funny, but the last thing I want to do is take you to the match with me. So here's how it works. Give me half the money, I'll go to football, and you can have a wander around where Churchill took with Tom, or whatever it is that you Yanks do in Jolly Old. A Tom? A Tom. A Tom tit. Shit. It's Roman slang. Like, bees and honey for money. Oh, I can say it to you. Give me the fucking bees. I made a promise to Steve. Well, Steve ain't here, is he, mate? I am. And to be honest, you're pissing in the wind if you think I'm taking you with me. Welcome to Generation Lost, the show about movies with Bryn. And Jeremy. And Jeremy. And today, as you know, it's about movies. And it is the last week of the World Cup in That's right. Qatar. Qatar. Oi, mate. <laughs> it's the, fucking football. It's football now. Are we rooting for England yet? <laughs> it's fucking football. No, absolutely <laughs> never under any circumstances. No matter how cool Green Street Hooligans is, we must yes. never, ever give in. <laughs> okay. They're really killing it this year, right? They're like winning very handily. All yeah, of England, their games. Are, England are doing good. Are they um, even close to... The quarterfinals are tomorrow. Yeah, quarterfinals start tomorrow. And then when you're hearing this, dear listener, it's semifinal week. And then next week when we're watching Love Actually, it will have (laughs) just been the final. Wow. And I'm going to guess it right now. Brazil's going to be left in it. You think think the last one will be Brazil versus someone else? I think it's going to be Brazil and um, I got to look yeah, we, at the bracket we again. We got Croatia against Brazil. Then we got yeah, Morocco Brazil's against... Going, Brazil's going through on that one. Croatia doesn't stand a chance. Morocco versus Portugal. I think Portugal's probably going to get through on that one. Unfortunately, as much as I'd like Morocco to get through another round, I think Portugal's Argent- probably going to do it. Argentina versus the Dutch. Yeah, Argentina's going to mop the floor with them. And then Actually, uh, maybe it, not. That's a tough one. That could go either way, I think. Toss up. And then in England versus Francais. I think France is going to beat the shit out of that. Really? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Yeah. That's a big one, though. That's going to be a big matchup because I don't think they've played each other in the World Cup in a long time. I kind of just want to... I kind of... That's a big historic rivalry. Yeah. They've fought so many wars against each other. (laughs) England and France. Classic rivalry. (laughs) They Uh, hate each other. They're not fans. Um, <laughs> and I, I like, I, but I kind of, I'm not going to root for England, but I, I kind of think it'd be funny if they won. Because they would I be do think it would be funny because of how good France is. I think it would be funny if England won. <laughs> it'd be funny. And also they would, like, what do they say when it comes home? Like, what was ha, the ha, phrase? Is come home? <laughs> no, England. <laughs> oh, it's not coming home. It's not happening for but them. But what do they say if it does come home? 
I don't understand what you're getting at. Like they say the phrase, it's coming home. They say it's coming home, yes. And then if they win, what do they say? Football's they home. <laughs> They'd be like, honey, football's home. Honey, football's home. <laughs> I, I think that would be a funny thing to hear a lot. Football's home. Um, yeah. But, but uh, I don't know. I, at this point, I've kind of lost interest in the World Cup. Because yes. none, none of the countries I was hoping were going to do well are yeah, doing Morocco's well. Yeah, the last one. That's funny. Um, the rest <laughs> of these are not funny. If they get any further, it's not funny anymore. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, similarly, this happens to me every time where like once the USA gets knocked out, like my 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 thrill of it is deflated a fair amount. I'll still watch every game. Um, Have you watched every game? Yeah. Uh, for the most part, at least like the highlights of everything I've seen. Um, but my my general enthusiasm for it and, uh, you know, it, it starts to wane until the final. Wane. Once we get to the final, I love it again. The final rules. Okay. I'm excited for the final because that's the final is real good, high stakes. Good time. Yeah. As you we were to saying. see them lift the trophy. And it's funny because the trophy is like the ugliest thing. <laughs> have I'm you seen imag- what it looks like? Well, I just realized that I'm imagining um I'm imagining the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. And that's a very weird looking cup. Yeah. Um, but it's but- cool and it's big and that's kind of a big part of what's co- you know like one of the things that's funny about the World Cup trophy is that it's kind of really small. Has it always looked like this? Yes, I believe this is the original one. Um Oh. They only have one. I'm pretty sure, yeah, it's the same one. And you give it back, and then someone and they else like has engrave it? your name in it or something. That's nuts. How long and has I it been around? Like, since like the 60s it might be solid gold. Is the thing? Whoa, it looks um, really heavy. But it also like it looks like it's like carved by hand. It looks kind of shitty, doesn't it? Yes, it looks terrible. <laughs> um, but it also looks kind of like H.R. Geiger. Like it looks like some sort of like Cronenbergian. I mean, I'm realizing now that it's supposed to be a, a person holding up the world, but it kind of looks like a weird monster hand holding yeah. the world. That's um, awful looking. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. Uh, and it's, again, it is so small. That's always the thing that gets me when you see it is you're like, it's like... It's the size of a shoebox. You could put it in a shoebox, you know, like yeah. The the fucking the Champions League trophy the, is huge, you know. Like the Premier League trophy is pretty big. Like you want a big trophy? That's that's cool. You I know? like that you could throw it. <laughs> I like, like that you it. could lose it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like if you were on the field and you got it, you could just like chuck it, mm. and it would like dig into the ground. That I hope someone does that just breaks it (laughs) um yeah so so i'm probably a little bit checked out a little footied out honestly Mm -hmm. um but but i definitely will be watching the semifinals and finals uh just to see people go actually crazy you Um, gotta do that mm -hmm. you gotta watch the we'll probably mention that a little bit on the the next episode but this is the last world cup themed episode and we watch another sort of football based movie mostly not but uh we'll get to that because first we're supposed to talk about what else did we watch this week and i'm gonna go ahead and say that i didn't really watch that as much this week but i wanted to start with a white lotus update 
because mm. my 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 feelings about the show uh have only continued to plummet mm. um and in how much i in in my belief that they're gonna pull out of this nosedive of a show <laughs> of a season yeah um, i'm i'm my, all of my patience and and hope has sort of started to run out um because what i what i realized the other day was that literally no one has changed and no situation has changed like i almost we know almost nothing about any of these people mm -hmm. I, like i was thinking about how in the first season you have these the worst people i think or the worst storyline in the first season was the couple the young couple who just got married yeah. Um, but even them, like halfway through the season, the mom shows up and like throws everything into a different perspective and you really start being on her side and then you realize she's a piece of shit and like Yeah, and ultimately changes. like they they come there married and they leave their, you know, divorced, like right. or not divorced. They're they're back together at the end, but they're like they're their relationship is like fundamentally changed by the fact that she was considering leaving and decided not to for his money. Right. And that's a big thing. And so I just, there's stakes even at that point in the show. And at this point in the show, we have one episode left and I don't even know what the stakes of anything are. Yeah. It, I just it, like, I don't, I, and I've, because of how good the first season is, I've been watching this show with like, sort of suspended expectations where i'm just like all right where are you going and it's we've like just <laughs> it, 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 it's like they didn't really realize what was good in the first one right because it's like i was thinking about how this one has at the beginning the same thing as they did in the last season right where they're like the, we're going to start with a death that happens at the end of the story and we're going to tell the story that leads up to the death right yeah and what's great in the first season is that you forget about the death almost instantly you know, like <laughs> right. you aren't really watching every episode just being like, but who's the one who dies at the end? Like I straight up by the end of it, I was like, oh, yeah, somebody dies. Oh, yeah. Who's dying? Because I was so interested in what was happening that like this mystery that was like hanging over the season wasn't actually that interesting to me. And in this one, it feels like they're really expecting you to be watching the whole thing being like, but who's going to be the one who dies? I guess, or something. I don't like that's not very because the thing about what we learned about in the White Lotus is that like the first season didn't really matter who died. It was like yeah. that wasn't really what the show was about at all. It wasn't a mystery. It was just like, oh, some careless idiot just like caused one of the best characters to die. Yeah. Um, and then this one, it's like, I, I don't know how. It almost, I still, there's still a part of my brain that's like trying to write a final episode that could redeem the season. And I, it's just becoming more and more implausible where I'm like, what could make me like look at every single episode in a different light? Like what could ha possibly happen that it isn't a very boring, very drawn out, like, drama about shitty people being shitty to each other yeah i mean i think that like it still feels like there might be something that will kind of like snap this all together because it is still hovering very much around these like 
these different forms of masculinity and these different like toxically masculine things right like these things are all still in the ether right yeah that's what's so confusing about it so the, I, what i wanted to say is that like i because there's something really interesting no in this last episode and i right? hope i'm wrong yeah there's something really interesting in this last episode where the the christopher's family goes to find the the grandpa's you know uh uh cousins or whatever is sicilian you know uh distant cousins and they go to the house and it's just these three women who are just like what the fuck do you want get out of here away. leave us <laughs> and 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 it's distinctly it's three women there's no men there and right. they're like they're like what do we need a man for get out of here leave you know and they're like ah they leave and then like later on the grandpa's like all despondent and he's like he's like you always hope that there's gonna be this like warm loving embrace of a woman that's like there for you and it it never comes never at least not for me you know and and it's just such an interesting like self-centered perspective that he has where he's like he's like you're always thinking that like no matter how shitty you are to women all the time in your entire life <laughs> constantly you're always thinking that there's gonna be one there just waiting for you but they're never there <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh i just wish there was something going on with michael imperioli's character like at mm-hmm. all i feel like it's been three episodes where he's just like not even in the show um and you're right like there's been like the last episode ended with um you know that guy fucking the uncle or whatever and i was just like okay that's interesting what does that mean and it just feels like it doesn't is it gonna mean something it's like i mean i'm guessing that like what's happening is that the gay guy well so so you saw in the gay guy's mansion thing there was like a picture of greg tanya's husband so, I mean, I think that there's some sort of a scheme being hatched where, like, he's going to try to like, get Tanya's money through something with the gay guys and that the the British kid is, like, you know, he's, like, keeping the assistant away from the scene so that there's, like, you know, right. less people to sort of intervene ploy. or whatever. I don't know. So I think that that's going to be what happens in the next episode. It's just, like, I don't really care unless, like, <laughs> it, like, thematically... Like it's like it's fine, it's okay television, but it's like it's 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 not really doing it for me the same way unless it's it's on the level of, you know, the the girl who's on vacation with the with the family, like convincing the Hawaiian kid to steal the bracelet and then him getting arrested and her abandoning him. Like that's good. That's good TV. Like you know, it doesn't feel like anything of that level is coming. Yeah, it's just a totally different tone. It's a, it feels like a totally different show. And I don't know. I don't have any faith that it's going to get better. And I just would like to be wrong. There's something um, interesting, at least in like, I hope that we get a little more of the British kids story in the next one. Right. Because I think there is something interesting in like the way that Tanya's assistant is like, like, whining to him about how like she's like so aimless and like she doesn't know what she's doing with her life and she just wants real experiences and she wants real adventure and like she's like she's like i'm so broke and so like useless and whatever and like he's like this fucking like you know british rent boy who's like who's like on a yacht with these gay guys who are like molesting him on the daily because he just like was on some sort of like debt situation like 
that yeah. guy's uh, like that guy's life is fucked, and I hope that that's kind <laughs> of somehow going to come to the forefront. You know, right? Like that that juxtaposition I feel like is very season one, but we don't really. It's not very pronounced right now. Is the problem? Yeah, it just feels like what. Why I don't know. I I guess I guess it has me feeling like what's going to happen. But it's been feeling that way the whole season and has had no answers for me. Yes. It's like nothing's going to happen. <laughs> so I think there's I something know. about like, I don't know, like there's got to be some sort of like a connection between between like masculinity and like scam because those are the two big mm. pieces, right? Is like all three stories have this element of masculinity buzzing around them and all three stories have a a looming scam hanging over them, right? Yeah, and also like sort of something about like sex work and and like the way the the like harassment, the way like Michael Imperioli is like in trouble for something and and the uh the hotel manager is like been sort of harassing her her underlings to try and like get close to her and then she just had her first lesbian experience. Like there's something I feel like it's there's so many pieces there. It's so hard to like not believe it's going to click together as something, but it will be such an impressive feat if they pull yeah. off a last episode that it would actually make me go, I can recommend this. Yeah, it's going to have to be like a Jordan flu game of a last episode. <laughs> like, you're going to have to like really be fucking working overtime On for that fire. whole It's going to have to be like an hour and a half and feel so incredible and just be like sinking shots in every scene. Everyone. Yeah. So I, I, I'm pretty excited. I'm assuming it will just be another boring episode and it will be one of the worst. And then someone will slums. die at the end. It'll be like. It'll be like Tanya like gets away from getting scammed and then like one of the gay guys falls off the boat and then it's like, oh, that's who died. <laughs> you know what's also interesting about this season is that like in the first season, almost every pair of guests like crossed over like and would like sort of run yeah, into each other. Yeah, there's not a lot of interaction between the stories this season at all. The only thing is that the 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 prostitute girls sort of like interact with everybody by fucking them. Um, yeah, but are they even in um what's their what's their interaction with um Tanya? Tanya's story? Not not really. I mean, I, I think they were sort of She's fucking the son who was infatuated with the, Tanya's assistant. The assistant and that but was they haven't even just seen each other in like and... three episodes, so who fucking cares anymore? Right, exactly. So I don't I don't the the crossing over is strange because the ending of the first season where they um where Armand dies is like the final crossover where he like that whole situation like comes to a head uh but we don't i mean what's i don't know yeah it so, felt like in the in the end like, of of the like first it feels season like to, the, it the, feels the, like the, to me sorry go ahead the like the 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 way that they resolved the whole show was that it felt like everybody's story had to have like like everybody's story was like kind of like buzzing around each other and there were like little pieces coming in and out of each other via the hotel and then it felt like everybody just like had their hotel person swap to the next one and that was how right. it all resolved itself and and what what I'm what I'm sort of holding out a tiny morsel of hope is that like he had such a good idea for f a finale that he like 
played his hand too close to his chest where he's like, well, I got to make it at least seven episodes. So I'm just going to have like little things happen. So I don't give it away. And like, cause, cause that can happen sometimes when you like have a twist where you like, don't give it away so much that the rest of the movie isn't interesting. <laughs> um, and I feel like there could be that situation where it's like, it's going to come out of nowhere and be like, Oh, <laughs> I see what you're doing, but I don't know. Anyway, that's what I watched this week. Uh, and I've been thinking about it a lot cause it's such a, a weird, a weird, weird season. Um, and I'm excited to see how it ends. So Jeremy, what did you watch this week? Thank you for asking. You are welcome. I watched the 2005 American comedy drama film, The Family Stone. The Family a, Stone. Is that about Sly? No. It's a Christmas <laughs> movie. Uh, oh, with sort a, of. Is that Cameron Diaz? Uh, no. It's um, Sarah Jessica Parker and Dermot Mulroney are the main uh, are the main couple yes uh, is that uh who is, who is Dermot Mulroney he is, is you know his face um he's in about Schmidt <laughs> he's in uh <laughs> angels My best in the outfield. Wedding. yeah if you look at his face you know who he is I know who he is I've definitely seen this guy's face before yeah he's in stuff why did you watch this movie uh, we were looking for a Christmas romantic comedy, and uh, that's Why? how this was. <laughs> this is how it was built. We were in a Christmassy mood, and we were looking sure. for a Christmas movie that okay. wasn't a kids movie because you know, sure, we see enough kids shit during the day. So we were looking that's for a rom com, and this came recommended on somewhere that Mo looked up, and uh, I gotta say easily one of the strangest movies i've ever seen in my life strange i don't like i i i don't know like what the idea of this was but if i'm gonna i'm gonna go into my little mind pals and try to watch the trailer a little and what i remember is someone is marrying somebody and they go home for christmas and the mom hates somebody like mm-hmm. real bad yep. uh to the point where she's trying to ruin their relationship mm. and that might be how the trailer made it look okay and that that's what i remember is that basically what happens so dermot mulroney and uh sarah jessica parker are a couple they are not married they are just dating but it's his first time bringing her home to his family to meet them Oh. Um, he has a big, quirky New England family. They've got a lot of siblings. Uh, one mm-hmm. of them is gay and deaf. One of them is young and kind of a fuck up. One of them is like an older uh, older sister who's now a mom. Um, one of them is a horny little devil. <laughs> what is the hor- uh, like a little boy or a little girl? Uh, no, Luke Wilson. They're all adults. They're adult <laughs> oh, kids. Luke Wilson. Um, the parents are Diane Keaton and Craig T. Nelson. Uh, Luke Wilson is one of the brothers. Elizabeth uh, Elizabeth Reeser is one of the sisters. Uh, Rachel McAdams is the little sister. Claire Danes is Sarah Jessica Parker's sister, who shows up a little later. So anyway, huge so, family. Huge family. So. Uh, 
so they are um, they are a large family. Sarah Jessica Parker, first time meeting everybody, kind of gets the warning ahead of time, like, "Hey, my family's a little weird." Uh, <laughs> when what, what does that mean? So what weird. it turns out is that they are just like really uh, rambunctious, really open, very bad boundaries. They all just like talk really openly about stuff. Like uh, uh, the mom at some point is like like refers to a, a guy as uh oh that's that's the guy who busted amy's cherry like <laughs> busted it <laughs> she busted his cherry or her cherry yeah they, they they're just like very open with each other and sarah jessica parker is very like buttoned up and very proper and very um uh reserved and i like uh, that that's a funny like way of screenwriting which is like what if it was just made no sense and uh she clearly didn't grow up in this household and doesn't think this no, is no no she's summer. she's the girlfriend she's uh oh that's his family yes yeah, his family she's oh, right, meeting right, right, them right. for the first time okay. so she's just like instantly ostracized everybody hates <laughs> her because she's really really cold and weird and it's an interesting thing because usually in a movie like this, you'd write it in such a way that we as the audience will be on Sarah Jessica Parker's side. Mm. Like you'll give us some sort of little bit of humanity so that we'll be like, oh, come on, you got, you just got to give her a chance, you know, and then you'll understand she's actually cool. They never do that for you. <laughs> they literally never do it. So you're like a half hour into the movie and she's just like constantly like rubbing up against people the wrong way. She like uh, she refuses to sleep in the same bed as her boyfriend. Uh, what? While they're at the house because she's like, I'm not sleeping in the same bed as you under your parents roof. That's improper. And the parents are like, please do. We don't have an extra bed. Uh, and she's like, I'll sleep. Can I sleep in a different room? And they're like, I guess we can put our youngest daughter on the couch. And so uh-huh. it like causes all this tension. Everybody's mad at her. She's mad at everybody. <laughs> um, at some point they're like, uh, they're having dinner and, uh, she, she's talking to the gay brother who is married to a guy and they're considering adoption. Mm-hmm. And, just as like uh oh so okay so never mind sorry so 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 because of how awkward everything is and how much she's fucking up constantly and making this family hate her she at some point is like i need my sister here to help me i need backup so she calls her sister and invites her over to somebody else's house <laughs> well that's a weird thing to do her sister is claire danes and she's incredibly hot and uh, Dermot Mulroney <laughs> instantly falls in love with her and loses interest in Sarah Jessica Parker altogether. What? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay because it turns out that Luke Wilson actually loves Sarah Jessica Parker. So it ends up working out. They do a switch. They do, they do a, a sister switch. switch. What yeah. the fuck? <laughs> that never works. It never works in real life. No. <laughs> if if but, Seinfeld has anything to go off of. <laughs> so this all is happening. And... Um, uh, and, and and so the sister comes. So there's that new tension added to it. And then they're at dinner and they're talking about adopting. And um, the sister, Sarah Jessica Parker's sister is like, because uh, they're also, he's not only gay and deaf, but his, his husband is black. And so she's like, if you were, uh, if you were adopting a kid, would you want a white kid or a black kid? Who says um, that? Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker's sister a, who she invited over. Who's not as buttoned up as Sarah Jessica yes. Parker. Uh-huh. Okay. So everybody instantly kind of likes her. 
More, um, yeah. And so Sarah Jessica Parker is like, oh, you can't ask that. And everyone's like, what? Who cares? It's an interesting question. <laughs> the couple are like very happy to answer it. They're like, you know, we don't really care. We haven't really thought about it that much, but like we'd go either way. It's not really a big deal to us. Um, and everyone's like, okay, cool, whatever. And they move on. And then Sarah Jessica Parker's like, do you think it's weird being gay and adopting a kid? And they're <laughs> do you like, think it's weird. What? And, they, and she's like, well, I mean, it's a question of like nature versus nurture. Don't you think? And they're like, no, <laughs> she's like, I mean, aren't you afraid that like you'll raise a gay kid? And they're like, no, <laughs> and she just like keeps going and going. And like everybody keeps trying to give her off ramps <laughs> or keeps trying to be like, hey, maybe like talk about something else. Maybe we, would, we don't talk about this right now. And she's like, no, but I mean, like you wouldn't want to like burden your kid like that, would you? <laughs> what <laughs> and she just keeps going deeper and deeper into this thing of like i mean it's hard to, it's it's hard to be gay you don't want them to be you want them to be normal don't you and like <laughs> finally like everybody's just like you've got to just fucking go bitch you suck <laughs> and then she's like isn't anybody gonna stand up for me and she crashes the car and like so all this is like kind of what the movie mostly is is just like this awkward thing that happens and then they do a switch and then it kind of ends up okay right okay but amidst all this amidst this like Luke, deeply Luke cringe, Wilson is like yeah it is fucking up to be gay actually <laughs> <laughs> I'm with I mean you. he just thinks she's weird and he kind of likes it and he's just like a horny little freak and I think that's just kind of <laughs> what he's into um but so so amidst all of this like weird cringe comedy sort of feel that it all has it just like whiplashes really weirdly into one of the most like deeply heartfelt little pieces about like a mother and her family for okay. no reason. And like tonally, like it's so unearned, but like it just <laughs> keeps working anyway. Where like, so the mother of the family, who is um, uh, Diane Keaton, absolute right. national treasure, you know, incredible mm-hmm. actor, sure. she uh, had breast cancer had a double mastectomy it was in remission now it's back really aggressively and she doesn't want to tell anybody uh she's like trying to get through the holidays and then she's going to tell everybody after christmas that she's gonna die um Mm. and everybody kind of like in different parts of the story uh notices something that's weird and they're like Mm -hmm. hey what's going on and then like they just kind of piece it together themselves so by the end of like their time together for Christmas, everybody's figured out at some different points in the movie, the mom is going to die. Um, and then Sarah Jessica Parker just completely by accident, she finds a picture of the mom when she was young and pregnant. Um, she just finds it on her boyfriend's desk and she like gets it blown up really big and gets it framed and she gives Uh it as a gift to everybody. And so everybody, like, on Christmas morning, like, you know, she's already humiliated herself over and over and over again. And she's like, well, I got everybody a gift, and I'm sorry, and I just wanted to give it to you guys, and then I'm going to leave. And, like, everybody opens this beautiful picture of their mother in the 70s, like, pregnant. (laughs) And there's this, this, like, wonderfully delivered line that she says to the the youngest daughter where she's like, that's you and me, kid. And it's like one of the like Mo and I both are just like in tears. We're like, this movie sucks. Why are you doing this to me? 
what I the love fuck? when that happens. <laughs> just like really stupid movies that really get you in the end. Just like random. It's not even in the end. You're like not even like all the way through the movie when that happens. Just this beautiful <laughs> little moment of her saying, "That's me and you, kid," and <laughs> and then Sarah Jessica Parker like ruins it instantly because she's like. Oh, I thought that was I thought that was Everett. I didn't realize that was you. I'm sorry. <laughs> and they're like, "No, what? <laughs> it's great. What's wrong matter? with you?" <laughs> <laughs> is it that's so silly. Um So is it a good movie? No. No, 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 no definitely not. Is it not. worth watching? I don't know. It's really hard to say. I kind of think yes, because I kind of think that like ultimately what it comes down to is like it's a really interesting movie about family drama. Mm-hmm. where like it kind of feels like it kind of feels messy in the way that like being home for the holidays can feel messy. Sure. You know, like when you have a big family, when you have a lot of different people who are all adults now, like the way that that can sometimes feel crazy and weird and fucked up and like different things that don't necessarily make sense next to each other all will happen because, you know, it's life. Sure. So I guess kind of, Maybe I do recommend it. Maybe it is a good movie. <laughs> I don't know. It's so fucking weird. <laughs> and well, this like, guy has really done very little after that. He did a movie called Monte Carlo with uh, Selena Gomez back in 2011. And then something called Let Him Go with Kevin Costner. Uh, mm. And then the next thing he's directing is Secret Invasion, the Marvel show <laughs> about scrolls which is the worst thing Marvel ever did. Uh, and for some reason, that's where they're taking the movie series, too. So that's cool. <laughs> so fucking Just weird. Taking over the entire movie industry. Even the Family Stone guy can't escape it. Can't escape it. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to bring up about this before we move on. Sure. Uh, one thing that was really good that I really... Uh, so really early on as all the family are starting to trickle in for Christmas, they're all staying under the, you know, in the same house, their childhood home and whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, You start seeing all their cars pulling up and whatever. And everybody's got a different car with like different accessories and stuff, you know, like you just kind of like see the, the way that like the set dresser like decided to set all these people up. And like, I pointed it out right away, just kind of jokingly because I thought it was a little over the top. I was like, Oh, look at that. They're, telling us about the characters with their cars you know like (laughs) the youngest sister has like a beat up old volkswagen with like an npr sticker on the back and you're like you're like all right i get it everybody's a little different whatever telling me stuff about who these people are and then uh throughout the movie though i was like so fucking impressed by the set dressing there was like some really crazy cool little detail stuff one of the ones that really tripped me out was um like the house is all decorated for Christmas and then randomly throughout the house in different scenes, you'll just see a Halloween decoration somewhere. <laughs> That's nice. And you're like, Oh yeah. They just like, they just like didn't get around to taking that stuff down and then they put Christmas stuff up too. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good touch. Cause that definitely happens. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. Weird movie maybe recommend weird movie so what's wait before you stop talking about that what's bad about it i mean i think it's just that it's like it's it's like the discomfort of it all like i don't think that it like 
I mean, I guess I don't know. Is that is that bad? <laughs> is it bad that like you don't ever feel like you're on Sarah Jessica Parker's side? Is it bad that you feel uncomfortable every time anything happens with her? <laughs> and like, I mean, maybe it's kind of interesting because you've got this like character that you're historically supposed to be like, yeah, this is going to be the main character because she's the girl, she's the fish out of water that we're supposed to identify with, and it's like. No, she just sucks, and then yeah, you're the, the, the water. You're the yeah. water in this movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't. Know, that's kind of interesting. I don't know. I'm kind of curious now. Yeah, I'd be curious what you think of it. Yeah, all right. It's well, super weird. Anyway, it's the weirdest movie I've seen in a while. <laughs> Sounds interesting. Speaking of uh, sounds interesting, uh, <laughs> let's move on to our feature presentation. Uh, a movie from. A movie 2005 a year, also 2005 I, I was think I thought it was 2005 and then I was like wait wasn't that the last movie we just talked about okay 2005's Green Street aka Hooligans aka Green Street Hooligans starring yeah I didn't realize that this had three different <laughs> titles I only ever knew it as Green Street Hooligans me too I mean that's how it was in Blockbuster when it came out so I I, I didn't know that but then when I downloaded it, it was hard to find and I was like Oh, it's just called Hooligans? It's also uh, just like, I think there's some licensing just, shit going on with it because it uh, is not on any streaming service. I couldn't rent it on Amazon or anything. I had to watch it on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> wow, weird. So this movie is from 2005 and it stars Elijah Wood and Charlie Hunnam. Um, it's directed by Lexi Alexander. Oh, you're who, missing you're missing one person in your top billing there. Oh, I'm sorry. Claire, Claire Forlani, Forlani from, uh, <laughs> from, Antitrust. from uh, Antitrust, who is just as awful in this as she is in uh, Antitrust. <laughs> Maybe worse. <laughs> I got to say, well, I mean, that's true, but it's definitely the script's fault and not her fault. Like in antitrust, that. <laughs> in antitrust, Tim Robbins is making the most he can out of a bad script in this none of the script is good like even elijah wood has nothing to do um it's it's just pretty embarrassing anyway so this movie is about well why don't you tell me when you first saw this movie because this is the first time i've seen it so what, uh, what is your history with this one i saw it uh i guess in high school i think i saw it when it came out Oh, or shortly really? thereafter yeah i think i watched this on a dvd in my friend's basement um, okay and we thought it was fucking sick we thought it was like the <laughs> coolest movie we'd ever seen um, uh, that's not that surprising we were like we i mean this was probably a big catalyst for me like this alongside italy winning the world cup in 2006 were probably the two major catalysts for me starting to get way more into soccer than I was before. I'd always been like a little bit into it. Um, but I think that those two kind of coming back to back were like huge for me being like, Oh yeah, this is going to be a big part of my so personality going forward. <laughs> so you um, loved this movie. I did. Yeah. But I mean, I also, I mean, I was, you know, fucking 17 years old <laughs> no that's i'm not judging you i'm just saying uh <laughs> but yeah i definitely fucking loved this movie okay uh, so you had you were like i'm gonna get one of those little turtleneck windbreakers oh you I'm know <laughs> you know i was walking around with my fucking hands swinging like that <laughs> just like wearing chinos and dress shoes for some reason but also being a chav 
Oh yeah, uh, no, why do I mean, they dress the, like this? Is that how no, they dress? The, the looks absolutely did nothing for me. The drip in this movie is atrocious, and it always has been. <laughs> but you know, I was fucking like walking around with my hands like a fucking like a fucking penguin. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna beat anybody up. Yeah. Okay. So this movie is about uh, Elijah Wood is a harvard student who is a year away from graduating he's majoring in journalism and he gets caught with his roommates this part was i was not paying attention uh it's pretty hard to pay attention the uh the there was no uh subtitles on my copy so i have mostly no idea what happened in this movie but (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and, and everybody talks like an absolute idiot, so it's pretty well, hard to keep keep track of. And from what I understand, Charlie Hunnan was um, given lots of critics were called it the worst accent attempt in history, uh, mm. along with uh, Mel Gibson's Cockney attempt. Uh, and he is of, British. He's British, but he's not Cockney, I guess. Yeah. Are they supposed to be Cockney? They yeah. do the rhyming slang. He's um, from Newcastle upon Tyne. Okay, is that sort of like, oh, Lord Yorkshire and stuff? Um, <laughs> I have no fucking idea. Uh, well, so Elijah Wood is an American. He's going to Harvard, and then he gets caught with his roommate's cocaine. And the guy is like, "Hey, can you cover for me? I'll give you money." And yeah, my dad's running for re-election. I'm a Harvard stereotype. I'll hook um, you up. I'll hook you um, up. And so he takes the fall and the money. It's ten thousand dollars, right? Yes. And then not he, enough money. Well, it's yeah, it's not enough money. Not um, enough money. Especially if you're a Harvard guy and your dad's a journalist and you know, like you're like, fuck you, ten thousand dollars. Make yeah. it a hundred grand, I'll think about it. Um, <laughs> but but uh so he does it and his sister moved to uh England after their mother died. They haven't seen each other for three years. So he's like, I guess I'll go visit my sister in England. Uh, she's married to a Brit and has a child with the Brit. Um, he goes, first day, apparently. <laughs> he meets his uh, his brother-in-law's brother, who is a full-on chav, yeah. uh, who dresses that way and, and uh, is very rowdy. He starts yelling the theme songs of a football <laughs> club at the baby. Um, everyone is annoyed at him. Um, yeah, everybody hates him. <laughs> <laughs> basically, everybody hates this guy. What's his name? Uh, his name is Chris or something. Peter. Um, Peter. Um, but for whatever, because of plot, uh, Elijah Wood's brother-in-law has been like, "Hey, I planned like a kind of romantic dinner, and no one told me you're coming or something." <laughs> yeah. Uh, I did for whatever reason. He's like, "Hey." take pete pete take take elijah wood to the footy game and uh get him out of our hair for a little while everyone treats elijah wood like he's literally 12. like he's a child Uh, and elijah wood has nothing has no lines like they forgot to write lines for elijah wood so he's he's like like, he's two weeks off of graduating college is what they say he's He's two weeks away he's in his 20s yeah, he must be like 21, 22. Like he's a kid kind of, but like it's it's pretty silly. He's just like a deer in the headlights for the first half of the movie. Um and so he he ta- he gives him money 
and says, hey, go have fun at the soccer game or football game or whatever. And uh, they're also very big stereotypes. And he's like, what? You like soccer? I like baseball. Like very dumb. Yeah. Very shitty, like American stereotype stuff. Um, It's very funny to see because it's like it's the perspective of this is interesting because the woman who wrote it is German. Um, She co-wrote it with a British guy. So like the British stuff is like. (laughs) The director also wrote it. Holy shit. Yeah, okay. Lexi Alexander is German. Um, yeah, all she's done since then is Punisher Warzone and Green Street Hooligans 2. <laughs> hilarious. Uh, yeah, hasn't been doing very well. And she and looks lifted. Like she's, what is lifted? It looks like a fascist movie. Yeah. Uh, it's got a dove on it and soldiers and a big American flag. So can't <laughs> can't say I'm interested. Um <laughs> But anyway, yeah, I mean, the perspective of this movie is coming from a German woman and a British guy. And like, so the the American stuff is so funny, like how like (laughs) uncanny and weird, like the Harvard stuff feels. And like when he's like baseball, like the Red Sox. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so they're like the Red Sox. Uh, Yeah, it's really awkward. Uh, It's kind of fun to see. you know, a different culture get America wrong uh, for once. Um, but that is not that is not even the, the skimming the top of the problems this movie has. Um, <laughs> so so, uh, so Pete is like, hey, give me half the money and fuck off. I don't really want to like hang out with you or bring you to the football game. And and Elijah Wood is like. Uh, I'm not going to give you the money. I made a promise to your brother. And uh, he's like, well, you don't really have a choice. I'm going to beat you up if you don't. And he just like assaults Elijah Woods. Yeah. And then there are funny. There's funny stuff throughout. I will say that there is stuff that still makes me laugh. Like in that scene when uh, Elijah Woods like cop. And then he like goes to kick him in the balls and he like immediately knew it was coming and grabs his leg and he's like well how stupid do you feel now it's such a funny line to just say when you when you're about to like kick him over (laughs) well don't you feel like an idiot (laughs) so but for whatever reason i guess the moxie it took to even attack him uh he's like you know what all right fine you seem all right i guess uh let's go to the bar so they go to the pub and uh he introduces him to the gang and then they go see a football game, and that's One the last their... we see about soccer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's the last time you see anybody play the game outside of the kids at uh, at oh, Pete's yeah, yeah. school. But um, yeah, during the game, Pete's friend Bover gets down on the field and just like flips off the the supporters of the other team and that enrages them. But nobody like <laughs> nobody does anything. They all just like yell back at him. Uh, yeah, I then, thought that was really lame that he gets this. He like steals a media, like a journo's c- coat to like get on the field and then just goes over there and stands in front of them and flips them off and like he yeah. doesn't even do anything. And they don't like, do anything. So Nothing happens. They're and just then, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> like, what but then later this? they're leaving and the boys are like, hey, those guys want to fight. We should go fight them. And he's like, all right, right, let's go do it. Elijah Wood, you can find your way home. Right. And he's like, fine. And then uh, Elijah Wood's on his way home. And then the guys from the other team find him and they go to beat his ass. And then Pete and his boys come and they beat their asses instead. That's right. Um, and then uh, we we 
they have a good time. This this sort of unlocks. I feel like at some point this sort of unlocks something in Elijah Wood. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like, hey, I got beat up, but it was kind of fun. And like, he's like, thanks for saving my ass. And yeah, you got a sort of a fight club thing happening for a little bit here where he's like, yeah, you know, once you start fighting, you can't stop fighting and it's really nice and it feels good. And you just yeah, want to be he, doing he it. Goes a, he goes, this is the part where he goes a little wild and starts punching back. Right. Um, I think so. And yeah, it's either this or there's another one after it or there's something. There's a lot. There's a lot of that stuff. So it it gets a little blurry, but at some point he like starts fighting back, and they're like, "Hey, cool, you can fight a little bit." And you're, yeah, you're, and then, you're and a wild man. Like, but you do look gay when you do it, and he's like, "Oh, come on." <laughs> I also love how every time they fight, just a little guy. They, I'm <laughs> just a little guy. <laughs> um, they uh, every time they fight, the camera just like shakes like fucking crazy. This was a fu- this was a fucking thing that happened and I I don't know what people were on. I don't know I don't know when someone decided this was cool. I feel like it was because of saving private Ryan. Um that's that's my trajectory in my head is mm. that saving private Ryan happened and then after that everyone was like when there's action you should have like a home video camera level of shaking uh going on like there's bombs going off because that steven spielberg did that and then every movie had that whereas like if someone's getting punched it was just like seasick levels of shaking the camera even like batman begins go back and watch batman begins and dark knight rises like or dark knight the fighting happens and the camera just starts flinging itself everywhere uh i hated this trend uh even as a kid i hated it i would just like lose all respect for any movie that where that happened uh born identity did this too Mm -hmm. um paul greengrass was a big a big proponent of it i hated it i hate it here and it's especially bad here because it looks like digital like it looks like it's on purposely like in editing they did it uh Mm -hmm. it looks awful and it makes me feel sick and they play disturbed when they're doing it well, now that you brought that up, I have to mention, this is one of the worst soundtracks I've ever heard. And it's really unfortunate because there's a lot of fun British music you could have played. And there's a couple moments when they play, like, I think they play like an Echo and the Bunnymen song or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, finally, a fucking British song. Like, that's good. It kind of matches here. Yeah. Um, but for some reason, they're playing like butt rock and new metal the whole time. <laughs> it's like, I mean, this is, is kind of... One of the things that I feel most often when I watch this movie, because I've seen it a couple times now, um, is like missed opportunities. And like, I don't think that it has the potential to be great by any means. No. But I do think that it has the potential to be like an okay movie. And there's times where it really kind of like shines through where you're like, oh, you're onto something here. And you're completely missing it. And you're <laughs> no, just I passing super... it right on by. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely agree. There was a moment in this. Okay. So, so. He, and it's actually go... about to come up. One of mine is about to come up anyway. I think we probably have the same one because he goes back uh, to the house. And then he, this is the, it seems like the same day, like a couple hours have passed or something and he's all beat up and they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> you had, you got him all beat up. That sucks. Um, they're all worried about him and then he meets with his dad and this is the scene where I was like oh wait is this movie going to be kind of good are they going to like turn a corner like I feel mm-hmm. like I feel like Elijah Wood's acting when he meets with his dad is really good and there's like a lot of like backstory and extrapolation 
of who this character is in like a really small scene that happens really fast. And he's just like, I, I tried to call you after I got kicked out of Harvard. You didn't fucking answer. He's like, you could have left a message. And he's like, I don't want to have a relationship with your answering machine. Like you've never been there for me. Fuck you. I don't care. And now with his newfound like chav confidence, he just like walks away. And yeah. the dad is left kind of like sniveling after him and being like, hey, okay, I'm so sorry. Like trying to get his respect back and they go to the times and i thought that scene was pretty good is that the one you were gonna say no i was actually gonna say like there's well so i guess it's like two things that happen right it's it's first when um when uh, so they go to the away game at manchester united and they're all on the train and um you know, oh, when they, they get do the, the uh, when they steal the car, they steal the truck and they come in and they do the sneaky little trick and whatever. That shit's whatever. I don't really care about that. What's really <laughs> okay. cool in that part is when they're on the train and they call ahead to the guy who's already there, and that guy is one of their chav friends in their gang, but he's mm-hmm. in a pilot outfit, and he's like, oh yeah, they're like he's in Manchester over. because he flew there for work because he's a pilot. That's his regular job, and. Right. It's that and it's later when we go to the school that uh, that Pete works at and he's like, yeah, I'm a fucking history teacher, of course. Like, I, what do you think? Like being in a gang pays the bills. It's like th- <laughs> those things are really interesting to me where it's like it's it's the, the, the interesting like pettiness of being a football hooligan guy. Right. That's interesting to me is it's like Absolutely. this doesn't mean anything. This isn't a criminal enterprise. These guys aren't like moving drugs and stuff. They're just <laughs> fighting no, each other for fun. You know, there's no territory. There's no drugs. There's no money. There's no power. They're literally just being like, hey, you root for the other team that I do. Yeah. fuck you and, and they, we and like they to fight get each other for fight. fun and it's like it's light-hearted you know like they fight each other and they beat each other's asses but at the end of the day they're not like murdering each other you know and that's when the movie gets bad is when they're like but Millwall is different we <laughs> murder each other <laughs> i like when it's like stupid and it's like yeah what we do is really dumb and no, uh, I, I, you're you're so right and i didn't even think about this when i was watching it because it's really not this movie but the idea of a movie where it's a bunch of people who are normal guys and their hobby the thing that they do for community and like bro time just hanging out is like fever pitch guy but violent yeah like just hanging out getting real mad when their team wins or loses and then just like you know fighting their other fans in the street is like their idea of fun and there's like this weird hierarchy of like the leaders of that crew and like then they just go to their normal job as an accountant or whatever that's a really fun movie that's a very interesting idea and and there's a great there's a great sequence when they're doing the fa cup draw when they draw millwall and you see all the dudes at their job they're all screaming (laughs) yeah everybody's freaking out their jobs you see the guy at the pilot bar you see bover at his fucking telemarketing job (laughs) yeah yeah that's a real those are really that's such a good idea for a movie and then it seems like they had it and then didn't make it because it's yeah. just like it they they for some reason wanted to fit it in like the boondock saints like goodfellas mold but it's just like it just i think they felt there. like it had to go somewhere it felt like it had to like become consequential in some way right <laughs> but and it like, doesn't why it doesn't would it have to it's much better when it's not like that so so what ends up happening is that there's so the the team that they support is West Ham is uh, Westham 
West Ham United and um, the team that uh, they are most rivals with is Millwall. And I guess because of like promotion and relegation and whatnot, uh, they haven't played each other in 10 years. They draw each other in the FA Cup. It's a big deal because it's going to be the meeting of their two firms finally after all these years. And then we get some backstory about how the guy who runs Millwall's firm had a son who he trained to fight. This is so (laughs) stupid. He had a son (laughs) who he trained to fight. And then his son went to one of these fights and died. And (laughs) the guy is like, I can't believe that would happen. (laughs) Who could have guessed bringing a, who could have guessed bringing a 10 year old to a fucking mob fight was a bad idea. He died and it's it's West Ham United's fault. It's tragic actually. <laughs> I can't believe that's what this movie ends up being about for a like minute because it's like every time they go away from the drama of Elijah Wood and and Pete and I mean I don't at a certain point I really stop caring about the sister and the brother like who gives a shit. Mm-hmm. But at least they like make an attempt because the brother turns out to have been the major the leader of uh the green street elite uh at a certain point he like quit because it got too serious because of this kid dying yeah uh he's like no it got too serious because somebody died and it's like the, the, that guy was an idiot and brought his child to a mob uh yeah. who but cares? that's also i mean at the same time i feel like something like that not that stupid <laughs> maybe a second idea <laughs> could have been a good idea for the movie like say because again it's like it's the movie is at its best when it's lighthearted fighting um that's just because idiots being idiots right and and what would have been interesting is if it was they were in a fight with the millwall guys and then like one of his friends you know slips on a banana peel and dies you know (laughs) like he sees somebody die and he says like oh this isn't funny this isn't fun this is stupid. I'm going to die. Somebody else is going to like people die from this. I'm fucking outie, you know? Well, they could have just like looked at the newspaper and see one of the many football riots in England that ended in like a death or two and saw how that happened. And maybe just do that. Like maybe someone hit someone with a bottle and their orbital cracked and they fucking died, you know, like that shit happens sometimes. Uh, I don't know why it had to be a baby except to make it like, very high stakes but then it just seems ridiculous yeah um and then yeah the the retaliation scene is like one of the funniest things i've seen in a while when like so so bobber is like jealous of elijah wood and uh and like he finds out that his dad's a journalist and that's a big problem for them and we gotta stop right there the i the how how much they hate journalists is so funny yeah <laughs> that they're like screaming about like you let a fucking journo into our club like what and they don't <laughs> really do you explain mean? why except they just say like they lie it's bad <laughs> they write about us instead of the football yeah they're like a twitter click who just hates journalists yeah. for some reason <laughs> these fucking blue checks yeah exactly that's what i kept putting on in my head like every time they said that i'm just like imagining that he's they just, a fucking blue check you, you brought matt iglesias into our pub <laughs> get this barry weiss motherfucker out of it. it's like 
<laughs> I don't really get it. It does. It's not explained. They just yeah. hate them for some reason. But so they find out that Elijah Wood, it, they think Elijah Wood is a journalist uh, and they confront him. And uh, Pete is like, no, he's not. Uh, you're wrong, Bobber. And Bobber's like, well, fuck you then. And he leaves and he goes and tells the Millwall guys like, hey, guess what? The major is at this bar. Go kill him. And they're like, all right, let's go. And they all go. Yeah, we hate they, him. they fucking mobilize like a fucking like a fucking cartel. Like, <laughs> like it's fucking narcos. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're firebombing this fucking place. But the, it's it's they come in the front door, <laughs> they throw a Molotov behind the bar, so it sets this huge fire. And that's that's crazy enough. But then they're smashing it through the windows like a fucking SWAT team. <laughs> it's just way overkill. And I really like if you've never seen this movie, I can't stress enough. Like other than this, the fights are just like idiots in fucking track suits in like alleys <laughs> throwing fucking traffic cones at each other. And shit. Yeah, while the while the camera is just like having an epileptic yeah, seizure. <laughs> And then out of fucking nowhere, they are firebombing this bar, busting in <laughs> through the windows like they're about to take down fucking Pablo Escobar. <laughs> and then they have a big confrontation between the major and the king of Millwall or whatever. Like they didn't know his identity before or something? They couldn't go yeah, to his like house? Yeah, like they couldn't find it? his just regular house. <laughs> but him being go. at the bar was like this big like, oh no. <laughs> I'm exposed. <laughs> yeah, it's like it like counts as territory or allowed to attack or something. Like he's in the open yeah. now. Yeah, something uh, like that. But so he, he they have a conversation. He's like, "Listen, I don't do this anymore. This is stupid. I want to leave." And he's like, "Oh, you want to leave, really? do you?" And then he just stabs him in the throat, and he's like, "See you later." <laughs> Yeah, he just murders the guy, or he doesn't murder. He doesn't die, but he just, which is like, also funny because in a previous murder. in in a previous scene when they're at a cafe, uh, and and that same Millwall guy just is like loud and like hits a guy's table head against the table. All his friends are like, "We gotta go. The cops are gonna come. Let's run quick!" And they all run <laughs> out of there. And then this time they're bold enough to like firebomb and stab. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like, where are the co- like? Is there no? It's do they do they expect us to believe that like England is some lawless city where you could just get away with mur- like attempted murder in broad daylight and like? No, they no show one's us the cameras. Turn- Remember, they show us the cam the surveillance cameras. Like, oh, hide your face with the most watched place in the world. Oh yeah, because <laughs> there was a lot of CCTV news at that time. CCTV. CCTV. Um, yeah, so. I don't know. This movie just like forgets that cops exist most of the time until mm-hmm. they want you to not. It doesn't matter. Um, anyway, uh, the major slash the brother is in he's hospital. In like, yeah, he's like in, he, in on life support. His wife is like, I, we got to fucking leave. We got to get out of the country. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> dangerous here. <laughs> this is insane. Uh, we have to go. And Elijah this is stupid. Like, West Ham isn't even that good. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> they, they never win. They fucking suck, actually. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Elijah Wood is like, no. 
this is my fight too now. So <laughs> fucking funny when he's like, when, when, and Pete is like being cool. Pete is like, no, like, nah, man, don't leave. worry about it. You guys should <laughs> so just leave. Stupid. Get out of here. Uh, don't die for this. This is stupid. Um, this isn't even your place. You've been here like literally three days. <laughs> I guess the implication he's been there a couple weeks, right? Or a month maybe. Yeah, the time the time is weird, and we'll get to that at the at the end. But okay. um, but like yeah, the uh, the so so Pete is like, you got to get out of here, and and Elijah's like, no, I have just as much at stake as you do. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> you fucking what? stupid. <laughs> no, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> There's nothing at stake for you at all. I don't even I think mean, you could name five players at West Ham United, and this is my <laughs> brother who got stabbed in the throat. <laughs> <laughs> your he's your sister's husband, so really not as much. Yeah. Uh. Uh. Yeah. Just because you got a tattoo, I don't think it counts. Doesn't count. But he does end up saying. Yeah, so so uh, the sister is like, I called us a cab, um, in like <laughs> one of the, it's one of those get ones, in the car. one of those scenes that like really ticks me off when it happens in a movie, like where you can tell like just nobody wanted to make that scene happen, you know, like what do you mean? Like you're going to the airport, you're leaving the country, you know, like you'd have some bags, you'd have. You know, you'd have your shit ready. You the kid would be packed up. You know, oh, sure, it would seem yeah. like you've been doing some stuff before. They're just this. like, well, uh, we got to shoot it last minute. Just like go to the house set, and we'll not just- a casual little. Just like, okay, the cab is on its way. <laughs> yeah, I called him. In We're no way is that ever country. how anybody goes to the airport, even if you aren't fleeing the country because you're afraid you'll get murdered by football guys. <laughs> Which no one has ever done. Yeah. In the history of humanity, no one's been this scared of a football firm. But so she walks in the back room to go check on the kid, I guess. And then she turns around and she's like, Elijah, where'd you go? And then she sees the door open. (laughs) He left the door open. He's fucking gone. (laughs) And he catches up to the boys uh, and they, uh, they all go down to this dock and then they fight each other and fucking... Just like murder each other. It's like a war. For the first time in the movie, they're like, death is on the line. There's brass knuckles. There's like a police baton uh, weapon. Those batons are so cool, by the way. Those extendable batons. I used to have one in college. I want one so bad. They were illegal in North North Carolina. I keep one in my car. Just like, whoosh. Fucking rules. They really hurt. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) (laughs) They'll really fuck you up. uh yeah really cool little things um wish i had one now actually um but go ahead uh, and get yeah. myself one i bet you can you can have guns or no um i know you wouldn't but is it i don't think you can in the city or it's not oh. as easy or something i don't know that makes sense um anyway uh so yeah they uh for some reason the the sister comes and is like hey what's up what's going on down at the dock yeah, and then, she's driving down there and just like hey what's going on down here i don't know why how she knew to go there it's not really what set a up fucking at all. funny little scene though in her like in her little like family sedan just pulling around the corner and you just With see from her windshield the just the war happening and she's like oh and she like opens the door to be like 
hello <laughs> what's going on out here <laughs> i brought sandwiches elijah come come get a sandwich come get yeah, orange she... slices i brought orange <laughs> slices <laughs> like what did you think was going to be happening so yeah and then like the crazy uh guy from the other team just like walks up to her and they're like no he'll kill her he's an animal yeah. <laughs> and he just like starts beating down the glass and then they take him down and then the other guy just like kills pete <laughs> yeah just like he's like you were responsible for my boy's death and i, I think you're your brother or something and then he just like kills him with his yeah. hands just by beating him beating him in the face a bunch and then, and that's then like, everybody this is the funniest too is like everybody stops as if they're like wait somebody died somebody could die <laughs> you have weapons what is happening it seems like everybody is fighting to the death and then somebody dies and everyone's like wait a second <laughs> what you what mate <laughs> uh so all the jazz music stops <laughs> and they are just like damn better go get some scran at the pub rethink this uh <laughs> <laughs> and so uh elijah wood is like damn well i guess my best friend is dead so better go back to harvard <laughs> so yeah, he and, just leaves. by the way throughout this whole thing there's this really bad uh voiceover of him like telling the story uh and and at the end he's like oh, he's sure. like pete's life taught me to stand my ground but pete's death taught me that sometimes you just have to walk away <laughs> And then we cut to it's sometime in the not too distant future, although who knows when, because uh, his roommate from Harvard now is like a successful Wall Street guy. And he's having I guess a, he's having a cognac with the boys. And he's like, I got to go do cocaine in the bathroom. I'll be right back. <laughs> it, this scene feels like it's from a dream. Like, yes. I, I, it's like uh, maybe or like an SNL sketch like it's so over the top of like <laughs> oh Archer how about you take my pen and put it in your pocket like it's like very <laughs> weird <laughs> uh, it doesn't make any sense and he's why like, don't you take my pen and put it in your pocket <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like I have to use the facilities once again <laughs> and then like they're like oh ha ha they're like weirdly posh like yeah. it's like it's like they didn't know how american rich people act so they're like <laughs> can you act british <laughs> um and so he goes in the bathroom and just starts doing coke in the bathroom and then elijah wood comes in and his little zip up turtleneck chav outfit, <laughs> which is <laughs> even he, funnier in an american context it's much again, funnier well, also you gotta him, understand like, walking like... up to the frosted glass like anton chigurh in no country for old men <laughs> I lost like, it this far. <laughs> Elijah Wood throughout this whole movie, like he starts dressing like a chav, and they try to like they try to tough him up. They try to like put like some like marks on his face and whatever. They like deepen his yeah. eyes with makeup and stuff. But he never looks menacing, even a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Not once. He looks so stupid. <laughs> so he goes into this little cognac club or whatever, and he he's like goes into the bathroom, and then he opens the bathroom door and just stands there like michael myers like he doesn't say anything <laughs> he does the he head just, tilt he, <laughs> he does and then the guy's like oh hey matt oh yeah his name is matt by the way not elijah um he's like oh hey matt uh what are you doing here and he's like doesn't say anything he's like okay could you leave <laughs> uh and he's like 
hey, you said you'd help me out. And he's like, fuck you, I don't care. Uh, he's like, you said you'd help me out. That was your cocaine. He's like, yeah, well, I'm not going to. And then he's like, okay. And then he like turns around and he has a little tape recorder like from Home Alone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Hi, kids. We're home early. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then the, 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 the Harvard boy is like, hey, what's that? And he's like, this is my ticket back to Harvard. You just admitted to it. Which I guess, I don't know. What the fuck? would be hilarious to try to pull off because you'd be like, they'd be like, who's that on the tape? And you're like, it's that guy. And they're like, okay, prove it. <laughs> what guy? <laughs> and then he uh, he's like, hey, give me that back. And he tries to take it back physically. And Elijah Wood is now a, a superhero, apparently. And he like just like threatens to punch him. He like pushes him against the wall and then he falls down. Yeah, he's now like, he has Chav's strength and he can he can <laughs> knock him over and like pull yeah, his fist has, up and be like, <laughs> Yeah, he has Chav's strength. And then uh then he just leaves. He doesn't really say much elf after that, and then uh walks into the streets singing uh the blowing bubbles song. Yep. And that's Alone. the end of the movie. Alone. He's he loves he loved Westham. <laughs> he loves blowing bubbles is the thing. Forever. <laughs> that song is crazy, by the way. Like what? Is, what do you it's, mean? Th- so it's. I guess the story goes that it's like uh, at some point there was a commercial for like a soap or something that used that song. And yeah, but it I was guess, in like 1918. It was like yeah. on the radio. And 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 I guess like somebody who played for West Ham United like looked like the kid from the commercial or something like that. <laughs> And so they would sing that song, yeah. And then that just became the anthem of the club. But when you hear the lyrics, you're like, how was that a song for soap? It's already, (laughs) like, it's weird enough that it's the club song, but then you're like, when you even think about, like, where it comes from, you're like, how was that a commercial jingle? It's it's all about, like, your your dreams dying. (laughs) (laughs) That's really weird. I guess maybe it was, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's according to Wikipedia, nobody actually knows who wrote it. It was like the lyrics are credited to a collective pseudonym. Oh, here we go. It's a writers, James and James and Nat. Um, and it debuted in a Broadway musical, the passing show of 1918. And then it was used as a hit song in a commercial yeah so it's probably one of those things that was like a real song for standards and then like like the way 409 wasn't about mm-hmm. a cleaning thing but then people were like oh yeah 409 yeah <laughs> like uh, the chips ahoy song what's that yeah what is that song called pennsylvania the chips ahoy song is what it's called uh yeah so that song is weird um it's an annoying song and i don't like how people yell it all the time um i think it's a little pretty sometimes this movie and the w- when it's White everybody Lotus. all at once, it sounds really nice. When it's one oh. person alone, it sounds like shit. Yeah. Uh, this movie and The uh, the White Lotus made me not like this song or Westham. I'm, I'm going to be rooting against Westham for the entirety of my life. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, Millwall forever. 
yeah <laughs> or uh derby wh whatever the other guy or not nottingham i don't think they have a from, i don't think they have from, a rivalry with, with uh, west ham i think they uh i know i'm just saying my fandom is now movie based damn oh, United sure. is a much better movie so <laughs> that's true yes dark uh, county and nottingham forest are better uh better fun yeah. fucking yeah you have to be a, it does seem like even like in real life outside of the movies like Millwall just seems like it's for shitheads <laughs> um yeah so this movie is about shitheads I guess and um as we were talking about this movie we came upon a much better movie which would yeah. be a like an interesting sort of character dramedy maybe not even a drama like a straight-up comedy sort of dark comedy or light fare of like people whose hobby is being really into football and getting in fights would be a much more interesting movie than taking it this seriously and trying to mm -hmm. make it some sort of like fight club boondock saints like vibe thing um there's an interesting and kind of cute movie in here i think uh it is unable to be recommended i think though uh yeah it's, I think, it's not it there's not enough of it there's not enough of that nugget it's like too overlaid with butt rock and shaky cam and i think uh, if you if, if you Elijah even peripherally like soccer you must watch this movie because it is so fucking funny like <laughs> it's so stupid like if you if you're familiar with this culture at all i do think mm. it's worth watching because it's like it's very funny how much it like glorifies and then also is like oh, but mm -hmm. Yeah, Be yeah, careful yeah. out there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely wants to have it both ways. I feel like that was a a big trend in like the '90s and t early 2000s of just being like guns and gangs, crazy, awful, terrible, but also aren't they kind of cool? Kind of. you kind of cool. like to be in the gang? Uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but I, I I think that this movie just really doesn't add up to anything there isn't enough there to make it very entertaining i gotta say though like there is like fun stuff in it like the there's a couple dad's sequences that are good the them stealing the car and getting around the was it millwell millwall millwall getting around the millwall guys and tricking them that's a funny scene like there's good ideas here it's oh no just, that was uh, manchester united in that one. Oh right right, right the manchester guys um yeah there's good ideas here it's just really poorly executed it's i'm sure if you're british uh this will feel really weird <laughs> too because uh the guy's doing a really bad accent um and making light of something that is actually like pretty fucked <laughs> so yeah is this a problem in 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 england like it's not as it much anymore as i understand it but it was a huge huge problem in like the 70s and 80s really um, did they like crack down like rudy giuliani style like as i understand it yeah like people? they started just giving out like lifetime bans at stadiums and stuff like, oh. <laughs> like that's a big... really that's a really funny punishment like not well, I mean, like, it's, it's like you it's, can't watch footy anymore <laughs> well it's like what the club is capable of doing you know it's like because the police can like do oh. whatever they do but like i think the club started also being like no you'll never you'll never watch our team again if you do anything even slightly untoward on our ground like oh okay so they became um 
And yeah, I think they did eventually kind of like break the back of it a little bit. It still does exist to some extent. Um, So are there still firms? I think so. Yeah. They just Um, don't fight. Or they do, but not as much or something like that. I don't know. Maybe like completely separated from the, the games altogether now. Because yeah. on the the Wrexham show, they did an episode about hooliganism, uh, and mm. there was like a fight that happened around a Wrexham game. It wasn't like crazy, you know, mob fight, but it was like some sort of fighting. And that show's like, just one season, right? So far, yeah. And it's uh, over. Yes. Um, yeah. So I will say, um, big not recommend from me. <laughs> uh, I'll say medium recommend from me. If if you're British or like soccer or <laughs> just feel like laughing at some really bad acting and a really stupid movie that's just like making the most like the the like glorifying like the dumbest subculture that's possibly ever <laughs> existed. <laughs> Although I have to say though, like it kind of made me want to know more about it, like. It's it's a terrible entry into uh who like hooligans and firms and stuff, but the idea that they existed this is my like ex- first exposure to that. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't really know that. I didn't know there was like gangs that are just fans that like hang out, and that seems kind of fun. And I do want to know more about it. Um, but yeah, this is a terrible intro. I think yeah. <laughs> to learning about it. Um, there's like a million documentaries about that shit. It was like, I I feel like in the early 2000s, that's like all anybody wanted to make documentaries about. (laughs) Oh, really? Send send me the names of the best ones. I'll I'll definitely watch them. Um, Yeah, I think I didn't find it that funny because I literally couldn't understand what they were saying. Mm. Like, I tried really hard. Like, I started actually paying attention when I realized there was no subtitles. And I was like, oh, I I can only trust my ears. and I was really lost a lot of the time. I was following along on Wikipedia with like what was happening. Like when they revealed who the brother was, like that's the major. I was like, what the fuck does that mean? Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, it I, it took me like a long time to piece together the story. I'll tell you uh, what. So, it, the first time I ever watched this, um, I thought that at the end, there's that scene where the major is in the hospital bed. Yeah. Uh, after pete dies and he like his best friend from the bar who we meet in that one scene who was his right hand man and he's like there in the hospital bed and the major's like crying in his arms and stuff yeah the first time i watched it i was so confused in that last sequence i thought that was one of the guys from the millwall firm that had like gotten (laughs) into his uh that had gotten into his hospital bed and was strangling him (laughs) oh my god and i was like i was like oh man wow they really did need to get her out of there huh (laughs) (laughs) Like, I thought that was the implication was him being like, I'm a sitting duck. You've got to get out of here. Like, <laughs> I'm going to die. You got to go. Yeah, the movie is so bad at wrapping it up because it's like, well, if they kill his brother and then your husband's in the hospital, did you sell the house? Like, yeah, are you and leaving also, forever? Like, like, it's what is funny going that the on? resolution of the movie is like Elijah Wood like learned how to stick up for himself. And you're like, yeah, but what happened to the woman and her baby? <laughs> the much higher stakes thing that you guys yeah, were all just a second ago trying to like <laughs> lay down your lives to say. 
the hospitalized husband and her nearly a widow and 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 bastard son. No, yeah. who cares about that? I don't who cares actually about know. Them? I want to know. <laughs> I want to know if if Elijah Wood ever stood up to that Harvard guy. <laughs> it's also fucking lame that he goes back to Harvard. Mm-hmm. Like, what did you learn? I thought you hate journos now. Like, <laughs> I, <laughs> no, he's going to write like, his book. <laughs> That's so fucking dumb. Like, I don't want, like, he, what did you learn? Just to fight? Yeah. That punching solves problems? <laughs> Be a chav. <laughs> right off a wanker, you know? <laughs> <laughs> the virgin Millwall versus the Chad Chav. <laughs> yeah, this movie's really fucking stupid. <laughs> it's fucked. Yeah, don't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> medium recommend from Jeremy. But medium though. recommend. <laughs> All right, we've gone unreasonably over time. Thank you for listening. What this fucking movie is. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. It's a, it's a weird thing. It's it's such a weird thing. Um, but thank you for listening to our show. This has been Generation Loss. If you'd like to hear more of this show, you can go to patreon.com slash generation loss and you will get a bonus episode every week where we talk about the movie news. We rank all of the episodes. We read listener emails. It's a great time behind the paywall. You can also get Discord uh, access where we hang out and you can talk to the Dark Council. If you want to know what that is, you should go to the Patreon uh, and subscribe to the Sopranos tier. Uh, you'll get all the information there. You can uh, follow us on Twitter at GenLostPod. Follow us individually from there. And until next time, that's, that's movies. I'm forever blowing bubbles. Pretty bubbles in the air. They fly so high, nearly Then, like my dreams, they fade and die.